Hello, hi, and welcome to another episode of The Emma Gunn Show and a midweek instalment of Bullet Points. I have been feeling quite stressed recently. It's been a slow build-up, but boy, has it been steady. And I saw some advice recently, and it was an instant balm to those hot, itchy feelings of overwhelm. So I wanted to share it with you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're feeling stressed, overwhelmed, or just uneasy because you feel as though you're doing a crappy job of everything and a good job at nothing, then this bullet points has got you. I've got you. In fact, I actually used to hate that expression, the expression, I got you. It's such terrible English. But when I went to America early this year, I was at dinner with my friends, Lindsay, Kevin and George in Las Vegas. Sounds very grand. It really was actually, it was a brilliant night, but jet lag was not letting me out of its grip. And when we ordered our meal, I asked the waiter if he wouldn't mind bringing me an espresso shot. I think I mumbled something about flying in from London. I didn't mention it was four days early. It doesn't matter. That wasn't his business. I just needed the caffeine. I was really, really struggling to stay awake. And it was also this incredible restaurant. There was a lot going on. It was really busy. There were performers in the place. And the sense of overwhelm as well just compounded the feeling of tiredness. And I was beginning to feel a little bit delirious. And he could see it. And he put his hand on my shoulder, looked me in the eye, and he just said, I got you. And I felt so comforted and reassured that now it's a phrase I absolutely love. So anyway, the truth is I have been trying to shake off these feelings for a few weeks now. It's the spinning plates analogy, except it felt like every plate was on the brink of smashing. And that was just creating a low level thrum of anxiety at all times. Then I saw my friend and coach Emma Story Gordon's Instagram where she had shared a James Clear quote. Now, Emma Story Gordon, if you don't know, is my coach from the EC method. If you go to Instagram, she's at ESG fitness and the EC method is at the EC method. And that's the eight week program I did. I did two rounds of it a few years ago and it really got my, definitely my nutrition and my approach to fitness in just locked it into a really good place. She's excellent. She's a really, really good source of information. So please do go and follow her on Instagram if you're interested. But James Clear, if you don't already know, wrote the book Atomic Habits. It's such an incredible book. It's full of the most fascinating insights, research, and so much more on how to form the habits that will get you to where you want to be. It's a really highly recommended read for me. I think I must have read it in one or two sittings. It was just so brilliantly written, but also every single page, you just learned something and thought, I never want to forget this. This is so useful. And the quote of his that M shared was this, two rules for life. One, the person who has the most fun wins. Two, the climb is the fun part. And this is what I realized. This was a habit I had to get into. The habit I needed to weave into the fabric of who I am as a person is to keep remembering all of this because my default is to believe that feeling and or appearing stressed means that I care 
and that all the effort, stress and toil will get me to some sort of nirvana where stress no longer exists. And both of those things are lies I have been sold. They are lies I have believed for years. And honestly, when I think about it, they have really been incredibly unhelpful and have held me back. Now, my job is to interview people interview people I find fascinating, to write for magazines and titles that I adore, and to trial review and test beauty products, and also throw in some style stuff when I attempt to become sort of fashion pundit. There's consultancy. There's a lot of layers to what I've been doing for the last 20 plus years. And now obviously there is much more to it than that, because that doesn't really sound like a job, does it? I mean, there are lots of pressures that come with it that come with any job. The the financial side of things, being self-employed, is not a stress-free, even though the output can look like quite good fun. But over the years, I have minimised what I do. And I've also had it minimised by others. And as a result, I've developed what I can only assume is some sort of defence mechanism, if you will, where I go out into the world presenting as stress, talking about the difficulties, almost as a way to justify what I do and to try to head off any criticism before it slips out of someone's mouth. Like if I admit to somebody that I'm feeling a bit stressed and they say something very nice and comforting and try to sort of, I will then say, yeah, but it's not like I'm down a mine. And then I just completely minimize it and and throw it away. And I'm not down a mine, so I really should have some perspective. But I was actually on a radio show a few years ago. And while we were on air, the host questioned my job title And I had said that I was a beauty journalist because broadly speaking, people understand what those two words mean when you put them together. If you're talking about speaking to a large audience, how am I going to describe best what I do? So I said beauty journalist. Had I said content creator or beauty editor or broadcaster slash podcaster slash writer slash consultant, it would have raised too many questions. So I just boiled it down to two things I do the most of, journalism and beauty content creation. But I was actually criticised on air for using journalist because it undermined what real journalists do. And I still regret not defending myself and, by virtue of that, not my many, many, many esteemed colleagues in the moment because I didn't want to have a row or have a stressful exchange or justify myself. Anyway, I'm going off on a bit of a tangent, but but it made me realise that actually... Even though there are stressful parts of my job, things I'm not good at, things I need help with, things that go wrong all true for anyone who has any job or responsibilities, let's face it. It's almost as though I'm choosing not to, as James Clear describes, have the most fun. I'd even go so far as to say I'm choosing to have the least fun at times, or have definitely at times chosen to have the least fun, even though I didn't realise that was a decision I was choosing. It was definitely my doing. So my question is, does this apply to you? Are you not having fun when you really could be because you're in a mental mode that means you're only ever seeing the stress, the challenges, the barriers and the obstacles? And truthfully, without the second part of that quote, that being the climb is the fun part, it could all be a little too frothy. But actually, that's a really great reminder that the challenge, the resistance, that's where the real magic lies. Actually, this feeling that this sort of, this ennui, this low-level thrum of stress I've been feeling, that actually is proof that something is happening, that you're doing something. I'm choosing to interpret it as, this is really terrible and I just, when will I, when will I be able to sit down and not have something to do? This is really where the magic lies. And I was thinking about this this morning. I was, I lift weights, not hugely heavy ones, but they're heavy enough, thanks very much. And this morning I was doing an upper body workout. 
I love doing upper body workouts. Don't ask me why, but I really, really do. They are my favorite. When I've got an upper body workout, I get, I get very, very excited. And I was doing chest presses. Now I was doing chest presses with my 10 kilogram dumbbells. They are my heaviest dumbbells. And the best bit of that exercise is not when I set the weights down, having completed my set, the bit that fires up my mind, my body and my spirit is that part of the push movement when gravity is going, no, 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 no. And I have to give it everything to push through it and go, yes, 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 yes. That's where that feeling, that push, that being able to complete that movement and then lower back down slowly. That's where all the ooey gooey deliciousness lies. That's when it's you against you and you commit in that second to do the rip, the rip, the rep. I flipping love that, love that, <laughs> love it so much that I have lost the power of speech. It's the journey, not the destination, blah, blah, blah. I've heard it a million times before, but it's something I tend to lose sight of and I needed a reminder. And because I needed a reminder, I wondered if maybe you do too. So the moral of this bullet points is don't put off enjoyment or having fun until you get permission. Don't wait until the right time, whatever that means, to feel relaxed, content or happy. Don't think that a bad day means that you're having a terrible time. It's part of it. It's part of part of the fabric. It's part of the tapestry of the journey. And as James Clear says, I don't believe in the competition of the person who has the most fun wins, but could you just flip your perspective and see the fun in this or see the positive in this? Because I often don't do that or I fall out of the habit of doing it. And it's something I'm now very consciously trying to get back into the habit of doing. If even at the end of a really crappy day where I felt all of the crappy feelings that I have already alluded to, to go, but actually... What are the three things I can take out of this that I've really loved and means that I'm actually doing this? I don't know. Like I said, can anyone relate? Is anyone else feeling like this? Does anyone else do that thing where they think they focus in on the negative because you feel like if you are so hyper-focused on that, then you'll see any threat or any badness coming at you. And what it means is that you have completely taken your eye off the, off your ability to see the good in it. And as somebody was saying this about opportunity the other day, about if you walk to work one morning and you get, or you walk to the station, get the train, walk to work at the other end, and you just, you go in, you go on autopilot. But say somebody said to you before you left the house, okay, this morning, Harry Styles is going to be on your walk to work, or you're going to see him on your commute, you're going to have a completely different, you're going to see different stuff. I don't know why I used Aaron Styles, <laughs> but it's that flipping perspective because you can bet your bottom dollar that if you think you're going to see Harry Styles, or if you think you're going to pick up um, a lottery ticket, or if you think that you're going to see something magical that you've been wanting to see for ages on your commute, you are going to have a completely different perspective on that journey even though you are fundamentally doing the same action so I think somewhere within the Harry Styles analogy <laughs> there is something to be taken from that about how one enters the world and how one navigates the world even when the commute might be crowded might stink might be long might be wet because the weather's terrible there might be delays all of those things but if you're thinking yeah but I'm going to see Harry Styles so 
Maybe I should uh, relax my jaw, <laughs> relax my shoulders, put a smile on my face and make, make eye contact with a few people. You and I both know before we've even tried to do this commute with that different mindset, which commute is going to feel more fun and which is going to feel less stressful. Anyway, let's talk about it in the Facebook group. Does anybody relate to this feeling of sort of identifying as stressed in order to justify your position, your worth, whatever it might be, just just to justify? Because why would I do if you say to people, no, everything's really cool at the moment. When was the last time you did that? Again, let's talk about it in the Facebook group. That is everything for bullet points this week. Thank you for listening. Thank you for following, commenting on posts, subscribing and spreading the word about the podcast. Thank you to everybody who sent links, the Sarah Jessica Parker links to their friends, lots and lots of new followers from that. So thank you if you're new, having listened to Sarah Jessica Parker last week. Welcome, welcome. I appreciate all of your time hugely. Thank you for listening. I will see you on the next one. Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.